What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Black Sheep Perspective. I got an amazing guest here with me and his beautiful, lovely wife. And, um, well, just to cut right through it, man, Danny, I've known you for quite a long time. We met, uh, you just told me earlier, I didn't even realize it was that long ago. You said 2002, right? No, 2003. 2003. You got to speak to the mic. Come don't on. Get me in trouble telling they, the real story. You got to hear that Barry White. Yes, I know. <laughs> we, um, we used to work the club knife. We used to work the nightlife for quite a while in Coconut Grove. That's here in Miami for those of you who, who are listening who are not from Miami. And uh, back then it was the shit. That's right. It was the <laughs> shit. And I say that with a lot of uh, boastful cockiness because we, we had were, real fun. We were, we were the only club back then, in case, in case you didn't know this, Fabiana, um, that allowed 18 and over <laughs> for on Friday nights for guys and girls. I, I was there. Oh, just, did you? Just didn't know each other. Oh, ah, well, there you go. And then we were the only club that allowed 18 and over girls on Saturdays, the 21 for guys. So Fridays and Saturdays were just, pun intended, bananas. It was fucking crazy, you know? <laughs> just crazy. We were always slam packed, crazy fights, wild nightlife, all this and that. And who was my go-to dog? Danny. <laughs> right here. Me and Danny, always sneaking away to take a shot, sneaking away to get a little smoke. Just We had... Just a ball of a time. He was a very close friend of mine. We did it for several years before we uh, walked away from it. And um, yeah, you know, we took we took off these different paths in life. And I haven't seen or talked to you in forever. And thank goodness for the the power of social media. We we caught up to each other. We we chit chatted. We crossed paths somewhere. I forgot where it was that we in the um, keys. Remember? Was it? It was in the keys. It was in the keys, and I saw your truck. I knew it. I, I had already been following you, and I saw your truck, and I ended up turning around. Oh shit! Saying, that's right. Yes, you were gonna go to John Penny Camp to go fishing them. That's right. Holy fuck! That is totally right. I forgot that's what happened. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm glad you did. So we reconnected. We're, we're following each other. We're, we're talking, so on and so forth. You started this amazing company with your wife called Flueless, and, and we're definitely gonna circle back to that. Congrats on that awesome company. Um. You hit me up. You see that I have these fighters. You know, for those of you guys watching, you know, I'm a, I'm a mixed martial arts coach. I happen to have a, uh, several fighters under my tutelage. Danny saw that. We just won a fight. We're getting ready for fights. I post videos. And Danny said, hey, I would love to network with you. And I would love to uh, give your fighters this recovery IV. So once they're done, uh, once they're done weighing in, you know, we all know that the fighters get depleted, dehydrated, dehydrated yeah, all that crazy shit. Not the healthiest thing to do, but that's what they do. So you were reaching out to try to, you know, uh, help promote your product. We scratched each other's back. Networking, baby. I love networking. So at some point, I had to fight. My fighters didn't do it. But I said, Danny, I didn't get to do it with the fighters. And you said, better for me, I want you to feel it. I want you to test it out for yourself. You tell me how you feel. I want to give you this package that I have and blah, 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 blah. So you came. You came and we did it. And, it, you know, it's like a 40-minute process. So in that 40 minutes, me and you got to catch up on just so many levels. And then, you know, I was very intrigued by like, yo, so what's up? You know, I thought you were going to be a piece of shit dirtbag. <laughs> and here you are. Worse. Here you are with an, with an amazing smile wider than mine and you're fucking full of energy and you got a business, you got a beautiful wife and I was like, dude, well, you know, tell me the path you took. Well, what is what is it that happened that got you here? And you're like, bro, we're going to be here for a minute, you know. You mind if I tell you the whole story? And I said, fuck yeah, I'm a podcaster, dude. I want to hear the, all, the, all the details. And you gave it to me. And there were so many layers to it that I was intrigued. I was... Full of joy. I was believing in love all over again because you got a great... It's like a movie. It really is, though. <laughs> I, I really did. I mean, that's when I described, you know, what you guys have you know been through. And I know we're going to talk about it. I thought, like, man, this is some real, like, novel shit right here. You know, it, it really is. And, and when you when you told me, there's so many layers to it. And I, and I want people listening, you know, the reason I asked you to be here is not 
to promote your business. It's it's not for any one reason. It's because you have a big story. You have a huge story. One that I think a lot of people would love to hear because of what it involves in regards to going through rough times, finding the right one, building a bond, using that bond to go through even rougher times and still come out happy, successful as, as entrepreneurs. And now for the first time, you know, opening up about it and hopefully trying to influence people in regards to what you can get through with the right person, with the right mind frame, with the right, you know, focus and whatnot. And, and I, I wanted you to be on the podcast, something that we were not planning at all. You were there to give me an IV so I can feel it and, you know, and, and promote how, it. How did you feel after the IV? By For, I thought I can fly. <laughs> I, I mean, I literally had to put weights around my, my feet. <laughs> I, know, I, I, I felt great. I, it definitely works. It is what it is. I, I, I didn't even know there were so many packages like like uh solutions what do you call it so there are different vitamin mixtures that we have um we ended up giving you the energy blaster and pretty much is exactly what it is it's exactly. designed to be able to help you fall asleep deeper recover give you more energy more focus everything that a fighter or an entrepreneur or somebody that just wants to be able to get the most out of life that's i gave you the best pretty much the best stuff that we got. well I, I felt it and it, the, the pudding the, the proof is in the pudding without a doubt one your business is so successful and you guys are doing great but more so i felt it and i definitely uh approve of it and can't wait to do it again but um you started telling me your story and and first thing the first part you came through which was very touching to me was the love story you know you you, you tell me uh i said all right so what what what, what were you doing and you tell me, you used to be... Well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity for of course, brother. to tell this story. Um, the reason why we even got on this podcast is because it, there is a point of healing, and, and we'll go into details of what it is that we went through, um, but I think this is part of the biggest part of healing to be able to tell your story and use your story to empower people to either get themselves out of a situation like ours or to empower them to let them know that there is happiness no matter what it is that you're going through. Preach. And, and, and people need to hear from somebody that has really been through some shit. That's right. That's so, right, for sure. So and, I end up meeting this beautiful, delicious woman sitting here next to me. I was a bartender, like he said. Um, by the time that I had met her, I had already stopped bartending. I was a paramedic and i had gone to fire school you were a bartender for how long i was a bartender for nine years and then i got out of that and the reason why i got into even medicine was because one of the bartenders that we worked with this guy peter was jacked i mean you didn't want your girl anywhere near this guy (laughs) right right? it was one of those no we're not going to that bar to get a drink we're gonna go over there Uh so peter was a firefighter paramedic and i was like holy shit i want to live that guy's life Mm. so I got into it for that reason, and it is what it is. So I, I, I didn't up, know that. <laughs> I, I didn't know you went nine years bartending. You, oh, you, yeah, you went for a while after we were done. Yeah. I went for a while. So I worked in the best nightclubs there was in my yeah. I've been everywhere. Um, and I learned people skills. It is what it is. I mean, it's the greatest training that there is. I mean, anybody that wants to get into sales, get into serving somewhere first so you can learn how to deal with people and make your money from tips and that's how you learn how to really serve people from there forward it makes you a great uh it makes you a great salesperson right One way or the other, that's how i ended up getting her anyways <laughs> <laughs> the sales process so so so, so you're you're you were a firefighter for where um i was a volunteer firefighter for island Murata for two years it was going back and forth and i was working as a paramedic um at north shore medical center uh, in an er so 
I end up meeting her at a private party um, that I had bartended for a friend. And I mean, the second that I looked at her, it was like the lights had dimmed, the white doves came out. I was like, oh shit, I'm in love. So, Fabiana. Push comes to shove. Did you we see doves? Did you see doves with him? She saw the or did, free Patron shots. She saw the Patron shots. Black Crow. I saw drinks. And a place to put my bag under the bar. So, so, that's, so, so, that's so, where it started right there. But, so. but what did, was was this talk game? That I mean, Danny's a good looking guy. And, and, and he, I, you used to have wavy hair. I don't know what you were doing what? at that time. Oh, and listen, I had the spikes and all that shit. Yeah, I, I used to do all hair. kind of crazy yeah, shit. I was your regular douchebag. But, but, with the bandana. At that point, were you just, uh, look at this bartender. He's cute. But that was it? Or were you like, you know, is he hitting on me? Or how did that go? It she used like, me. It was, it was flirting. Just, it was just flirting. You know. Genuine. She used me. Flirting. All right. It wasn't anything more was, than that. She me. needed somewhere to have her bag. She didn't want to keep her purse on her. And she's like, hey, can you hold my bag? And I was like, of course. Now you're not going nowhere. And Bro. actually, <laughs> I went with a girlfriend who's the one that knew the birthday girl. And she, I don't know what happened. She was talking to some friends. She disappeared. So I'm like, okay, I don't know anyone now. I only know this guy that she introduced me to when we first the got here. The universe doing its work. <laughs> mm -hmm. So then I stood by the bar the whole time, and he's feeding me drinks, and I'm like, okay. And he's flirting. I'm like, hey, okay, flirt back. Mm -hmm. Show you him got the ring. Show him the ring. Uh -huh. Show him the ring. <laughs> Everybody has a chance out there. Everybody's got a chance. So so you you, uh, you guys started dating how long after that? Um, We started dating probably about four three weeks after that or something like that, I must have harassed her enough that she was like, all right, fine, I'll hang out with you for a little while. And it is what it is. I mean, my my one thing to every man listening to this is a good personality and a sense of humor will get you to the end of the world. Oh, yeah, and I completely agree. So a, a woman just wants to have a good time and feel secure. Um, and I was able to provide her with with the good time now with time uh, no I, sorry to, sorry to interrupt yeah, yeah. you at that point because i know it's i know it's a good uh important part of it what was your career at the time what so, what in what career were you in i was i'm a civil engineer and i had been um i went to fiu i graduated and i was already working as a civil engineer i had been there since i was 24 you're a project manager at that time you had a, don't, don't, don't downplay it i was i had been working i think for at least seven seven years as a civil engineer that sounds I, i'm i'm not the most intelligent person though i look it they make roads and shit <laughs> thank you danny I see i you. see my boy my boy he, i didn't have to you know shit. i was gonna be like what the fuck do they do you know <laughs> they make roads and shit bro. so i was managing like um big interstate projects that were being designed sounds like your pockets were fat no your pockets weren't fat fatter than mine what Fatter than his, but no. I was working for the state, so I wasn't making a lot of money. So how long did you guys date for before things got a little iffy? So I think we were together for probably about three or four months um, that it was all a great time. It's obviously the dating part. The, right, the right. Paper, when you're on paper tags, everything mm -hmm. ends up working out perfect. And then I guess she got the, the reality check, which is, all right, this guy is fun. Or at least this is my. This is how I see it. This guy's fun. He's entertaining. I like him. Oh shit! I'm falling in love with him. I can feel it. And then that's when she was like, "Well, where is the future gonna go with this guy? With what he has in hand?" Is that pretty accurate? I was. I don't know if I was falling in love, but I was liking him more. Mm -hmm. And then I was thirty. I think I was thirty-one at the time. So or thirty-two. So I was 
in my mind, whatever relationship was going to come from it was something for the like long term. I wasn't right. looking for like a quick date. Right, right. So, so then I started thinking, okay, well, what what would the future look like? I'm an engineer. I went to college, and then he's you were a paramedic fan. making thirteen bucks an hour. Which it wasn't so much about the money, but it's like, okay, well, where is he going? Like, what what are you going to do? And then during that time, we had talked about how much he loved helping people, and that was his passion. And he he was working at the ER at the time, and he would tell me all kinds of stories how he's helped, you know, people and how much he loved, he truly loved being able to help others. So at one point I asked him, okay, well, would you ever consider becoming like a nurse, you know? Because maybe you can, that's the next step. It will be right. the next logical step of in helping. that career. Right. And you'll be able to help out more. Because then now you would have your own patients. And he said, well, I kind of thought about it, but just never went anywhere. And it just stayed at that. So then she ends up leaving to go to Europe with her friend for two weeks, one of her girlfriends. And before she leaves, she's like, hey, listen, I'm going to Europe. I'm going to leave with one of my friends. When I come back, this can't happen anymore. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah. She didn't bluntly tell me I'm here and you're here, but that's what I got from it. And I'm not a dumb person either. I'm like, right, because otherwise, why would she be kind of exactly? Everything else was bit. going perfectly fine for uh-huh. us. I mean, at least I think. Um, so I basically told him, and I remember when I told him, I said, you know, oh, it's I, funny. I was not funny. <laughs> Obviously, you weren't <laughs> suffering by yourself here while you were out in Europe. Well, no, I was trying to be honest with you, and I said, you know, I'm already 32. Whoever I date next, I want. I'll, you know, eventually I want to have kids. I want to get married. I'm not saying that's necessarily with you, but I want somebody that has their shit together. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pushing forward. I'm a hard worker. I'm, I have ambitions and I want somebody that's at my level. So. It's understandable. Of course. Of course. And, and man, anybody listening or watching, please let me know in the comments if you feel differently, because I think that that is a fair thing to do. I have one of my closest friends, Chris, He's been very adamant about that. He would always mention, you know, we we lost his brother, captain of our team, one of our best friends. He used to be so big on don't entertain somebody unless they're on your level. Otherwise, that's, that's going to be a, a problem in the future because you're always going to feel like you're the carrier and they're going to always fall short in some shape or form. It's kind of like, hey, I'm the bread... And, and this is just a real hypothetical, but it's like I'm the breadwinner, so therefore... If you're at home more than I am, you should be cooking and cleaning and this and that. Should they? I think they should. <laughs> I mean, you got to do your part. Exactly. We're, we're, are we fifty fifty? Are we balancing here? So you know, I, I, I think that was a, a, a good thing to do because look what it brought out of him. You know? I mean, I saw, I definitely saw the potential, and I was just not seeing the action to go along with that. Okay. But I definitely saw the potential, which is why I even stuck around for three months, aside from the fun. So 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 she bounces and, and you decide to hit her with the Hadouken. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much I realized the only way that I, well first of all I I was devastated because I had fallen I don't know if she was in love with me but I was definitely in love with her I mean first of all uh, she's everything that a man would want in a woman um she's smart she's driven um she's got her shit together She's not una puta. Um, <laughs> no, it is what it is. And, 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 and to be to be clear, I don't know if you mind. How old are you right now? 40. 40. And you're 38? 38. So at the time you were? 
He was 30 and I was 32. I was 29 because you, you threw my 30 year birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was 31, he was 29. 29. I'm trying to tell younger guys out there, man, go for the older women. <laughs> go for the older women. I'm sorry, young young girls. You, you guys are fun, you know, but go for the older women. You know, there's something there that can you change a young guy. For the, if you're going to go for the older woman, you got to step up as a man, though. Oh, of course, of course. Which is a great for challenge. Sure. Which is a great challenge. So... I end up realizing that I have to do something drastic to make sure that I can keep her. So while she was gone to Europe, I signed up for nursing school. So when she got back, I called her up and I was like, hey, listen, can we do dinner? And she was like, well, I told you this wasn't going to work out anymore. And I was like, no, 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 but we never got to say our goodbyes. Like, <laughs> Tell me he was crying. You, you, no, no, no. Oh, you got it. my CDs in your car. <laughs> CDs. Give me my days. CD book back, Give damn it. Give me my CDs, damn it. <laughs> so we end, she was, I was like, look, we just didn't have an official goodbye. Like, yo, what up? how bad can dinner get? Like, I know my place. I know that this is over. This is just a goodbye. And she's like, all right, fine. So we go to dinner, and the second that we sit down for dinner, I'm all excited. And she's like, so I was like, hey, how was Europe? And I was like, I don't care about Europe. Listen to this. Boom. I give her the piece of paper, and I ended up having a little packet. And she's like, what is this? And I was like, I signed up for a nursing school. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> and I, I think that's a, a gangster ass uh, move there. It was I, a drop the mic situation. Yes, exactly. And I, I hope people listening can take from that because, you know, if – that might have backfired if she was not on the same page. But obviously, you, you felt the vibes good enough and, and, you know... But it is what it is. Even if it would have backfired, he it, still, was, it was never going to be bad for him. It was always going to be good for his own future. Well said. Well, I, whether I was around or not. Yes. But definitely, that was the, the game changer. Yeah, and me. well, but it's also an amazing gesture by any gender. But for a man to do that in, in a way of like, hey, I don't want to lose you. And, and even though I should do this for myself, because you should... Uh, you're the reason that I did it and I'm I'm so happy that I did it because of you but now that I've done it you ain't going nowhere <laughs> you ain't going straight nowhere. scorpion get over here exactly <laughs> and then you drop some real golden nuggets and be like I did this for us so tell me tell, I mean but keep it 100 Fabiana were, were you like super touched was it like like uh, um, wet floor sign <laughs> <laughs> You guys, you guys can use that out there. Go ahead. I, I got the that from somebody special. Like, Damn, that's serious. <laughs> yeah, bro. No, was, what, it, was, was it a major turn on or were, were you really touched? Oh, it, uh, was, it was a game changer. That's it. I was like, okay, well, I, now I have no excuse because that was the only thing mm, preventing me from right, moving forward. The next level. So I was like, from that point on, it was like serious, like full Let's go. throttle. That's it, full throttle. Now, I'm 27 years old. Wait, no. I was 29 years old. To go back to school at 29 years old. Yeah, no, Fossey. So it wasn't just, oh, I'm going to sign up. Now it's, you, you got to pass this and you got to right. take an NCLEX. Now and you, you have become, to, and you were working full time. And so. I was working full time. So it was, it was a huge deal. And I was, I, I was really proud of myself. Let me tell you, of all of the things I know that I was proud of myself, I finally made my mom proud. Not that, that I mean, every time that I made little, Accomplishments. Accomplishments. Right. My mom was happy, but I mean, I was, I wasn't the best son when I was a young kid. So right. it, it makes you feel good to be like, look, mom, now I got my shit together and look what I can do. Oh my gosh. She was so proud. She how, still is. How fast did you guys go after that? Like, was it like an immediate, not immediate move in, but was it like. No, we were, I was living on my parents and so was he at the time. And 
she ended up getting a place. It was that. It was that move. Yeah, it was she right. had to pay for the rent. I was trying to remember because I, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't help out as much. And no, that but was you, were, you were paying for food. So yeah. a, a year later, a year the the program because he was already a firefighter. He already had some of the credits, I guess. So his the the time it took from that point to be he became a nurse. It was only eighteen months. It was a year and a half. That's all he was missing. And that was part of my point. I was like, you only have a year and a half. Why wouldn't you just go for it? And you're going to double your salary as it is. So anyway, so a year later, we I end up moving out. And of course, we're already dating a year. So he comes to <laughs> look, look, look. She can't even say it like the right <laughs> way. It's like hurting her pride. We did not you know? move in together. <laughs> I moved out. <laughs> I tagged along. There you go. You moving? I'm moving. See it. He was like, "No, I'm only gonna stay here on weekends, and then he's the sleeping there every day." Hey, listen. So, as a disclaimer, this is the first time she moved out on her own. At Shut 17, up. I was living by myself. I remember, bro. Yeah. I remember that little so, place over there by the not by the Grove. Where was it by? It was by the Grove. Yeah, it was, it was right like on Eighth Street and Thirty Second. Something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I remember going so, over there a couple of times. So yeah, so <clears throat> I had already lived by myself. So she was all proud of herself, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever. Bro. We'll figure it out." <laughs> So, so he ends up staying with me every. I was paying for rent, and then he would pay for food, basically, like for the groceries and when we would go out and stuff. He would pay for that. I pay for everything now. <laughs> well, you're the man. That's right. I'm your man. <laughs> Don't make it about the man, because I, I I love to have those conversations. Like, is the man supposed to pay? Don't, let's not get there. This should get ugly it's, real quick. It's up to whoever. <clears throat> like, it's up to the person's preference. For me, I was. To me, that's how. That's how it is. It's chivalry. A man should. He doesn't have man, to worship it. I think a man has to provide some type of security for his woman, whether that be monetarily, whether it's physical, whether it's emotionally. It's your job as a man to provide that security. Like that's so different these days. I just, I, I just, like I mean, maybe like a little bit of an old school mentality. Yeah, listen, I can't lie to you. I fucking hate that shit, <laughs> man. Like straight up, I'm over here burning. Like, <laughs> like, <clears throat> look, here, look, here's the thing, right? Where's the water? It, it's, this may be a sensitive subject for some people. We, we all, well, carry your weight, period. The, the thing is, I think that as, as a human race, we get held back from, from continuously evolving when we keep holding on to these old school fucking ways, we're, 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 it's like a dead weight that we're dragging. Okay, I get it. We did it. This is how it used to be. We, you know, we also we also used to club women over the head and drag them into the cage, Fabiana. Know, a lot of, and we can't do that said, nowadays. That's you know? why I said it's up to the person's preference. I know yeah. I have friends that the women. There's some girls that want to get clubbed. That women <laughs> are the ones. There's some girls out there that want that I have stuff. friends that the woman is the one that that's works and the man stays at home cleaning and cooking and that's okay too whatever works for you guys does whatever she have any it. single friends <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's funny it, and and this is all gonna come full circle all right when we get into the depth of it of what a man's point oh. what a man's role in the security is and that's once we get into deeper right loss so so when, when when you said that that last statement right about the, the man is supposed to you know do all that what i was thinking was <clears throat> bullshit they both should Okay, if you're my woman, I want to feel secure as fuck with you. What does that mean? That doesn't mean I, I need you to whoop somebody's ass for me. No, that part is obviously different. I am the more physically uh, uh, capable of whooping ass and doing all. Therefore, I should be that man. But aside from that, whatever the security is, I, just, I, should, I think I should feel like you got my back in every shape or form just the same way I got your back, whatever that is. If I bring in more money, you bring in less. If I bring in 70 to your 30, 
okay, then I should be paying for more things. That's the considerate thing to do. You don't make as much, so on and so forth, blah, blah, blah. And you don't have to make up for it. <clears throat> if you're working a nine to five, I'm working a nine to five. I'm bringing in a hundred grand. You're bringing in 60 grand. Sure, I have an extra 40 grand. I should carry more on the financial tip, especially if you're kind of plateaued there. And then that's just that. We scratch this back. But now, if my hundred grand a year comes at 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day, your 60 grand comes at you know nine to five, eight hours a day, and you're home more often, well, then you should probably be cooking and you should probably be cleaning because I'm a little bit more busy or so on and so forth. It's just a 50 50. I just, you should have each other's back 100% regardless of who's doing what. But when these, I tend to say ladies because it's mainly them more than anything. <clears throat> no, but you do got the guys on the, on the overly chauvinistic tip. But when the ladies are like, I want a man who can just do all this and that. And I just want to stay home and be a wife. And all that. You think you do, but that's bullshit. Because then you get bored as hell of being home. Then you're like, damn, this is all I do? Cook clean and fucking switch diapers? This is some bullshit, you know? <laughs> it's like, even if you were, and we know that the rich are some of the most miserable people. Even if you're rich and it's like, baby, here's everything. But then it's like, well, what do I do? I still got, got nothing to do because I got everything. So, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. It's never happened to me. I'm not like but sore about it. It's not a personal issue. I just think that we need to try our best as a human race to continue evolving and get past all these old traditional ways that hold us back. If you're expected a certain way and you want a certain way and you're really hooked on that, just communicate it. Be transparent with your partner. Hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is my goal. Whatever you want to think about it, that's what it is. If you're cool, jump in bed. Sign the contract. Here we go. If you're not, don't think this is going to change. I'm telling you, this is how I'm going to be. And, and, and that's where it's going to end, you know? Energy, focus, weight loss, recovery. All the things that you need to be able to live a very healthy and productive life. But what if we could be able to offer you all of these things in the comfort and convenience of your home? Flueless Mobile Wellness is the company that would be able to make all of those dreams come true. With enough energy and focus, all of your dreams will become a reality. We are here to serve. Anyways, regardless, men and women will deal with it how they deal with it. Every situation is different. You guys have a different situation and that's why we're here today. It's one of the biggest reasons why we're here today. So this love story is building. You guys are together. You're totally riding her coattail and fucking sleeping over when you're not supposed to. <laughs> Relationships getting really, really good and, and going into the next level. How did the whole business thing come about? Because you guys did that together as... Yeah, uh, kind of invented it together or elaborate. So, real quick, we ended up getting married. Okay. We bought a house. We're all happy. Now I'm a nurse. I make good money. She is an engineer. She makes good money. So, we're living the life. Um, but I felt like I could do so much more. So, as a nurse, I worked at North Shore Medical Center. And if uh, just to the people out there, this is probably one of the roughest hospitals to work out to work at in Miami. It's 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 the neighborhood hospital for the worst neighborhoods in Miami, the Pork and Beans, Liberty City, Alapata, Little Haiti. Um, we got some really rough patients, yeah. with some gangsta ass shit that would right. go on there. And from that demographics, I won a Daisy Award. So it's an internationally recognized nursing award. It's probably the most prestigious nursing award that you can get. And the way that you get that is your your patients have to write letters to the hospital commending your awesome work. Now, just think about some really hood ratchet people going out of their way to right. write something nice for That's somebody. Dope. Yeah. So, it was it was a it was an honor. But then at the same time, I was like, all right. So I got to the pinnacle of this. What's next? Um, 
And I was watching YouTube videos one day and I found Grant Cardone. So Grant Cardone is an incredible salesman. The guy is a couple billion dollars worth of real estate. I mean, if you don't know who he is, just Google him. Great, yeah. Great mentor. I hit it off with him because he's a very simple-minded person and he says things how they are. Right. So I, I resonated with him and I went deep and I started watching a lot of podcasts. I started watching a bunch of YouTube videos and then I was like, hey, maybe there's something else here for us. Um, and I was like, damn, maybe we can open up our own business. And it was, the pinnacle point was whether she said yes or no if I had her support and she was like, yeah, fuck it. Maybe we could do it. Yeah, let's do it. What are we going to do? So, <laughs> million dollar question. Million dollar question. So, I knew that I wanted to do something that was still in medicine, um, something to do with the medical field where I can still use my license and keep moving forward. So, oh, I came up with this incredible idea. I was one of the nurses in the hospital that would give uh, flu shots around the hospital for flu season. And to, to the staff. To the staff. Oh, that's so, right. Right, right. So, yeah, okay. So, there was a team that would go around giving everybody their flu shots for flu season. And as I'm pushing my little cart, I'm like, oh, shit, maybe I can monetize this right here. And I was like, what if I end up opening up a company that provides flu shots for corporations um, and we'll start the business like that? And she was like, damn, that sounds like a pretty good idea. So she had a lot of connections with business owners and stuff like that. Um, and it made sense. Maybe two weeks after, I'm like, what am I going to call the business? What am I going to call the business? What am I going to call the business? I was giving myself tremendo cranky. And finally, the word flueless pops up into my head. And I swear, I had to pull over because I got so emotional that I started crying. And I was like, holy shit. Because you, you, you knew you invented it there. Something yeah, there yeah, just yeah, like yeah, something, epiphany. It, it was like, epiphany hit you. And I was like, oh, man, this is it. I was <laughs> like, flueless. And I was like, okay. I call her up and I was like, we're going to call it flueless. She was like, what? We're going to call it flueless. She's like, perfect. Awesome. That same exact night, I trademarked the word. I looked it up. Does anybody own it? Great. I trademarked the word. And then we kept on moving forward now. This was end of... 2018. End of 2018, like the last month or something. Right before COVID. <sighs> yeah. No, 20... So, yeah. I'm saying two years yeah, before, two years before. And mind you, this is before... COVID, so right. flu shots were still, like, <clears throat> right. you know, people would regularly get their flu shots yeah. back then. So our partner at the time, he had an urgent care, um, and he was doing vitamin infusions to help his patients feel better and stuff like that. And we were like, hey, can we start doing that as a mobile, as a mobile service? Can we do that as a mobile service? And he was like, if you think that you can make money off of it, yeah, I don't mind. Go for it. So we started not only giving flu shots to people, but we were also taking care of sick patients at home um, with infusions to boost up their immune system and stuff like that. Um, a year and a half late, a year later, we end up having our first child, um, and that made me grind a whole lot harder. No, um, wait, Davin came before. Yeah, Davin came before we started Flutus. 2017. Yeah, so we had a son. Oh. So we had, so we had a, we had a kid. And I guess that was the kicker. That was the kicker that I was like, oh shit, I got to be able to do more because now I got a kid. I have more responsibilities. I want a better life. You were still maintaining your job at the time, though. Yeah. At was, the time. I was still full time. Civil, yeah. civil engineer. Yeah. Yes, up okay. until September of this year. That's right. You just did. Yeah, you told me that. Okay, okay. That's right. Okay. Over so in 2017, far. we have our first son. Then in the end of 2018, so a year after that, we opened the company, like the corporation. And it was a side gig. And it was 
It was I was still s- working full time mm-hmm. as a nurse, and then I was doing clueless ER. stuff on the side. So we on my days off, I would work three days a week, maybe four days a week. Those are the two days. I would be able to go prospect, figure out wh- who I can do this for, and then just go for it. So we built the business. Quick, quick, quick uh, side note. It, isn't it crazy how, well, it's not crazy, it makes sense. It's kind of like uh, the comparison I'm about to make. Um, one's a reference. You know how when you want to buy a car, you start seeing that fucking car everywhere, right? Because mm-hmm. now you're focused on that car. You're like, I want that white truck. Yep. Now you see it everywhere. You know, you don't see mm-hmm. it until you buy it or whatever. Well, isn't it crazy how, you, know, you get into this Grant Cardone um, classes and studying and YouTube and all this, and, and and even though you're a nurse and 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 your mind is elsewhere in the in the health you know industry, because you're studying this this business mogul and how he's making you think, you know, from a an, an entrepreneur's perspective, now you're like lit up just waiting for an idea that I'm gonna be you like you told me exactly. you know it's just because you're there you're 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 basically about to manifest it because that's where your focus is at I want to open up a business babe we need to do better we need to do better and then boom it happens you know I just think it's dope because if you don't put yourself in that predicament you, you don't force yourself to think like that you know try to walk like it you know act like it's so on so forth and then it's not going to just pop up you to manifest it you have to so surround yourself with the right people, have the right mind frame, and it seems like that was happening. And you know, here you got this amazing idea. So, okay, so you guys are a year, year and a half in into it, the flu list. Exactly. So we have a baby. We had our baby a few, a year and a half into it. She ends up getting pregnant again. Um, Purposefully, were you guys planning it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it was already mid thirties. So we were. Our son was. A year. He was like about a year. No, I don't know. He was little. But then we were like, okay, let's just have two back-to-back and we'll be done with it. Exactly. So we end up having our second um, son, Dex. Dex uh, was a beautiful baby boy, born. Um, there was nothing wrong with him. He was a healthy baby. Who, who chose the name? I love that name. I did. Um, I wanted Why Dex? I know the D is probably because of Danny. So I wanted so Dexter. So our first son. Oh, okay. I wanted Dexter and she was like, nah, because of the show. Serial killer, like, yeah. What about just Dex? And I was like, damn, that's a fresh I name. I like it, yeah. That's a fresh name, bro. Yeah, that's yeah. A fresh name. So he was born July 2019. Okay. And then. So we, um, he was perfectly fine. There was absolutely nothing wrong. And then I end up getting a phone call one day. Dex is four months old. He is in the daycare. And I get a phone call from her, and she's ecstatic. She is going nuts. She's crying, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? Well, first of all, I was supposed to be at work that day, and for some reason, they had called me, and they told me to take the day off. I was like, okay, no problem. <clears throat> so she calls me um, completely she's just disturbed. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, you have to go to the school right now. And I was like, why? What's going on? And she's like, Dex isn't waking up. I've been an emergency room nurse at this time for... He's how old at this time? Four months old. He's four months old. He's four months old. Um, I have been through enough emergencies. I've been through enough shit that I can think clearly during any emergency. So I I, I try not to get emotionally involved in anything. So when she tells me he's not waking up, in my mind, this doesn't make sense. I'm like, and I asked her straight up. I told her, hey, is it that he's not waking up or is he not breathing? Right. Which one is it? And she's like, no, he's not breathing. And I was like, okay, what is the school doing right now? And she says, they're doing CPR and they call 911. You need to get to the school right now. And I was like, well, look, 
it doesn't matter what it is that happens in the school right now. If that kid were to wake up and start singing and dancing, he's going to end. They're going to take him to the hospital. Right. So, Might as well go there. Exactly. So I already knew in my mind, I was already preparing myself <clears throat> and I've always had that three steps ahead type of, of idea. This is where you get trained as a firefighter. Right, right. You've been through enough. I start thinking, all right, the problem isn't the problem that we have at hand. This is already happening. Where is this going and how can we make the best of it? This is where I've always, always how I've thought. So I tell her, listen, go to the school, drive very carefully, all right? When you get to the school, they're not going to let you in. When you go to the hospital, do not jump into a freaking rescue. Jump in a cop car. Well, they didn't let me anyway. Yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They're smart enough than that. They don't want the parents to see. Right, right, of course. So, well, so that's that's mind you, just like a tragedy, and then there's something happening in his world. There's something happening in my right. world, right? And then eventually we crossing, come together. Meet in the middle, right? So I end up telling her, "Look, I'm gonna meet you at the hospital." And she was like, okay, fine. I told her, hey, listen, we're going to get through this. We'll figure this out together. So I haul ass to the hospital. I get to the hospital before they do. Um, and when you walk into a hospital, when there's a code pink, just let's, they, they announce it in the hospital that there's a, a, a baby that had a cardiac arrest. There's specific codes that go on. In a hospital, there's codes all day long. And people are doing their regular thing. Everybody's perfectly fine, even if it's a code blue. Hey, it's another adult that their heart stopped. Hey, we do this all day long. When that code pink comes around, that it's a baby that has cardiac arrest, everything goes silent. Everybody's like, damn. Is, is, is this a, uh, a universal thing I, amongst hospitals? Um, well, they all have codes. Okay. They have all kinds of codes in the, on the loudspeaker, and this lets you know that there's a big emergency coming in, and okay. now all of the resources from the hospital. Oh, okay, come. okay, okay. So this is that is coming. That's yeah, that's when they announce it. Okay, so it's a code pink now. Administration is going to be involved. Mm -hmm. All of the doctors' teams. There's more than one doctor there for sure. The whole emergency team is going to be there, and it's you're waiting for a baby, and and, and everybody is very nervous because you never know how this is going to end. But it's a shit show already, just from the call. It's like oh fuck. It was a shit show at the school, even. Yeah, so it, it's the um, worst. Uh, I'm listening. So I'll give you her perspective. What was going on on my end? Because mm -hmm. I'm the one that got the call. So, um, and obviously, he passed. If that's not clear by now, but um, so I was, I took four months of maternity leave, and I had just started. During those four months, I stayed home with the baby. He was home with me. He then started daycare at the same school that um, our younger son, our older son, was going to. And he was there for two weeks. And my work, and like around 4 p.m., I got a call. Hey, uh, it's one of the teachers, and she was going crazy. The baby's not breathing. The, the, the baby's not breathing. Well, she said to me, your son is not breathing. And I'm like, well, which one? Because I have two. And they're both in there. And she's like, the baby, the baby, just hurry up and get here. So I grab my purse. I run out the door. I don't even think I told anybody. I think they overheard. And I leave. I call him. You have to go to the school. And in my mind, I'm like, he has to go because he's going to, in my mind, I, I was thinking he's going to, like, bring him back right. or he's going to fix whatever medical situation is going on there. How, how, how far were you, your location from the school at the it's time? It's like 10 minutes, but I was going, it's 4, 
it's like around 4 p.m. already, so I was already going traffic, with traffic. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like going nuts in the car because I can't like move forward. And I keep calling the school. They keep calling back. I keep calling him and, you know, and they're like, no, rescue. They told me rescue was already there. So I get there and I pull over and then the rescue is, you know. They had, they had, they had your baby in the. Well, I didn't see him, but I, I run in and the rescue is in front of the school. And one of the cops, there were two women cops there. I don't know if it was, you know. God send them 10 women instead of men. And there was an older woman and an older cop woman, and she just hugged me. All I remember is just her hugging me, and it just, I was like, okay, what well, can you tell me what's going on? Like, I just, I want to see him. And she's like, no, you can't, you can't see him there. He's inside the, the, the rescue already. And I was like, okay, well, let me go in there. And she's like, no, you, you can't, you know, do you have to let them do what they need to do? He, and I was like, well, is he okay? And she was like, she just she just teared up. So I knew that something <clears throat> was wrong. And um, I guess they told her, the I think the paramedics or somebody told her, like, we're heading out, like, we're going to the hospital. And she told me, she's like, just, do you want, are you okay to drive? And I said, no. So she's like, come in my car. So between the two cop, we had two cop cars and the rescue um, going to, because at this time it's like rush hour. And it was the middle of the week. And so we get to the hospital and he, they were so wonderful. Those two cops, I mean, they were stopping lights, letting the rescue go. Then the other car, the other cop car would go ahead, stop the, the next light. This is on A Street, mind you, on it's rush hour. Right. So they're like stopping traffic so the rescue can go even faster. And... um so we get to the hospital, and then that's when I see Danny, and I just knew, I just knew he was he had passed, because I saw his face, and I'm like, if he knows, then that's what it is, you know. When 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 she got there, your baby was already there. So you you were already got, there, and you already I got knew. to the hospital before rescue got to them, um, and I was preparing myself for what I was gonna see. I knew exactly what was going to come through the door. There's going to be a stretcher. There's going to be a bunch of firefighters, probably one or two guys riding the stretcher doing CPR. And they're going to bring them into this room and then we're going to see what we got. When they came in through the doors, I looked at Dex once and I was like, fuck, this is real. I was like, shit. Okay. Dex is dead. Like there was nothing in my mind that, didn't tell me any otherwise but then you have hope you have hope prior, prior to this danny you you've seen already a, a few baby deaths i had been through probably about four or five code pinks other people's babies that we didn't get back d and different ways of, of passing oh yeah so there was i mean i'm not gonna get into details <clears throat> of course but there was four or five different ways um that the babies had died but this instinct this is sids so it's sudden infant death syndrome so but well, we didn't know that at the time we didn't know this at the time but this was my thought process in the whole thing and i try to be as positive as possible for any situation because right. i know negativity is not going to get anything done right it's well, not but at this so at this point 
the schools, the daycares administration showed up. They had they had already called me like, hey, you know, this happened. He was sleeping. So the story went that he was asleep during, you know, during the baby's infant fall asleep. Yeah. He, had, he had eaten, he had played, and they had sent me pictures while he was playing. And then he just fell asleep. It was time for them to, like, shift, <coughs> uh, change shifts. They went to go wake him up, and he just wasn't waking up. He had a, he had been asleep for like fifteen minutes or so. It wasn't like a long time, and obviously because it's an infant, there was a big investigation that went on after. There was a whole lot of other things, and in regards to was it handled just to right correctly. to make sure that there was no um, foul play, foul, and, foul and, play, and, and, and there was, was that, not. And there I, was I not. Wanna okay, put, and I just want to say that because okay, they're a great, great daycare. It was the same teacher that had taken care of our Son. of Davin when mm-hmm. he was an infant, you know. So, and we had full confidence. I had seen her. I was in there. I wasn't one of those parents that would drop off and, and pick up and leave. Mm-hmm. No, I was in there. I would watch. I would hear. I would see how they would treat other babies. So I knew that. My in my heart, I felt like there was nothing. But as a mom, you're always questioning well, what did happen. So after the whole big investigation and the autopsy and everything, it was found that there was nothing. It was no suffocation. It was just, it was Sid. And now that, now that you guys know, and, and obviously my condolences, that's like, you know, the toughest shit any parent can go through. Um, it's more common than what the world knows of, right? Yeah. Sid, Sid. Sid. So sudden infant death syndrome, and and we don't want new, parent, new parents that are watching this to, to be scared out. or anything right. like that. But this happens, man, for... For life to exist is it unavoidable, Danny? Is is, is oh, it? There's, there's nothing. Is it? There's nothing you can do, right? So, usually no, they but, die in their sleep. Usually, but, as, but as a parent, you never expect that your your child, of course, or right. your baby, is going to pass. Even though it's so common, you almost, you, it's almost like, well. But what? What? But what is the explanation behind it? I mean, I've heard about this. I, my brother's a nurse. He's been a nurse for like so, eleven years, twelve years. We've never spoken in details. What causes it? I don't. I don't for, understand. For life to exist is a miracle and 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 this is what people need to really take into consideration every single day that you wake up it's a miracle while you're sleeping your brain was able to not only breathe it was able to swallow the whole central nervous system is functioning properly and if there is something wrong and especially in a baby for any reason that system will shut down whether it's the brain the central nervous system if you stop breathing whatever it is gonna shut off so it happens a lot and i mean it's a tragedy for every single parent that it goes through but when you look at the really really big picture we're not special and like and well, well you know as we keep telling you the story i the only this is the first time that we've ever shared in a public way i guess the you know our story and what we went through with passing of the baby and how things happened but one of the main reasons why we agreed to to do this and to share it is because i want as a mom that lost her baby i want other moms to know that it's okay that they're going to be okay you know and that even though something whole so horrible can happen there is still a way to to get by to to turn it into not something positive, but still be happy. Be happy. There's still possible to be happy, and to not lose yourself and not lose your your family and not you know. At this point, we have 
our son was he was turning two years old three 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 days days later after after dex passed three days later davin was turning two years old so imagine you know now you're supposed to slap on a happy face for your two-year-old that has been trying to learn how to blow candles for the last three weeks you know and he's all excited about blowing his candle for his birthday and how do you do that when you just lost your four-month-old baby you know so that's the reason for wanting to like even share like the whole story is just so that if somebody is grieving if whether it's a parent or maybe they just lost somebody very close to them a parent there's grieving is grieving and the steps of grieving are the steps and that doesn't change but there's still a way to to turn that into something to still be happy at the end of all of that you don't have to be consumed to be white and we'll we'll tell you like how we arrived to that to even to 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 that conclusion you know so when all of this is happening to me it's it's very real to me it's very real because i've been through this before as crazy as it is at this point we're in the er we're in the er he's they're working him behind um like a screened thing so i couldn't see what was going on but i could hear everything that's happening i'm asking him what is going on like what, what what is going and i was in between like praying to God and to who my dad that was already had passed away to I was praying to every fate you could possibly imagine and in between all of that I'm listening to what's going on behind the the screen and then I'm asking him what's going on like can you tell like, explain it to me because I know that you I know that he understands everything that they're saying and all that medical language so then he's at one point he you know, kind of turned around and said, hey, listen, we need to talk. And then he said, it's been, how long had it been? Right then, probably 20 like minutes. 30, 40 30 minutes, minutes since they, from the school all the way down to the hospital. Even if he was yeah. resuscitated, he would be. Yeah, so you got to start, I mean, it sounds horrible, but you got to count your losses, man. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it turns into, is this about faith is this do we really put this in god's hands did god put us here so we can be able to make a decision like so many things were running through my mind Mm -hmm. and the only thing remember how we said about being a man this is this was my moment of to be a man what kind of man are you gonna be i knew the second that dex died that there was absolutely no way that she could be happy again without my support or at least in my head that's how i had it that's how it is at the same exact time i knew that she would never be able to make the decision to tell the emergency team to stop and when i did the math in my head of what are we really gonna get back yeah because he hadn't he hadn't been breathing for about 40 minutes maybe more at this point even though they're doing CPR, there's no oxygen to the brain. Right. And that's what he explained to me mm-hmm. when he said, we need to talk. He said, there's no oxygen in his brain. It hasn't been any in his brain for over 40 minutes now. So, and I remember him telling me if we, if he does come back right now, because at one point they got a pulse. It was a pulse and everybody's like, we got a pulse. And then you hear the people saying, shh, 
like inside the the screen thing because you don't want to give the right, family right. hope. False impression, yeah. Right. <clears throat> and when he he looked at me and he said, "That's not a real pulse." And I was like, "Why do you say that?" And he's like, "Because he hasn't been breathing for forty minutes. If he comes back now, what we're gonna get back is, is he's gonna be a vegetable. He's not gonna be a regular." babe kid that's running around playing he's not going to be a regular four-month-old he may not even be a regular one-year-old if he makes this through if he makes it through this so we have to make a decision that's what he told me you hit it hard you work out hard but do you recover as hard as your exercises recovery is the number one thing that keeps most athletes from reaching the next level here at flueless mobile wellness we want to help you become the animal, the champion, the winner that you are. Recover right. Recover with Flueless Mobile Wellness. So at this point, um, I already had it in my head that this wasn't going to end up lasting. Um, at the same time, um, I care about my happiness more than anything else and the happiness of my family. And I knew that if we gave this a chance, the probability of this bringing us real deep into a hole, not only in our relationship, but financially stability everything that we have done to make ourselves happy it's on this decision right here mm -hmm. the happiness of our whole family well including including the baby yeah and the baby itself and 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 the baby and dex i said what are we trying to save here like most people would be selfish in this situation and they would try no let I me mean, not say most people because i mean People would be selfish at this point. Some people um, thinking, well, I want my baby. I want my baby. I want my baby. I want my baby. I don't care what it is. Right. And unconsciously, you do. You do. And I saw the future of, am I going to have to be in an ICU? We're going to start taking shifts. What is that going to do to our family? What is this going to do to our marriage? In the end, what are we really going to get out of this? Is there a possibility that we're going to have a happy baby? And I didn't see it. So I told her, I was like, look, this is my decision. This is my decision and this is on me. For the rest of our lives, I'm going to carry this decision. But we're going to walk in there and we're going to tell them to stop. You, did you... Did you consciously think I can't leave that decision on her of course because she would have never made it, um, it or, or or if she would have she would have had to live with it and, yes. I, and I can't allow her to live with that yes. that so, like that was a dope ass like manly I'm the husband I'm the father 
I, I'm going to take this on my shoulders. Because I know I could handle it. Right. But he told me, he was like, look, I think this is what we should do. And when he explained why and the quality of life that he would have had, you know, I said, and I prayed at that point. I, I told God, I was like, you know, if, if we're going to get him back and he's going to be a healthy baby, then give him back to me, you know. But if he's not, then... Then, you know, then, then I'm okay. It's it's a it's a obviously it's the most you know, tragic of situations, but 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 it's a even the more difficult situation. This point of the tragic situation to to make this decision, and I'm sure, and I don't know what I can do to to play devil's advocate or to defend these people, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would who would be like, no, 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 you you don't pull that plug. You keep fighting, you keep fighting, and and they have the reasons, whatever those reasons might be. Again, I, I am on your, a thousand percent on your side as fucking difficult of a decision that is. Well, I, think, but, I think his, the fact that he was and is in the medical field yes. is what allowed for that decision to be made yeah, in he, a way where, soundly, where it yes. makes sense mm -hmm. because he knew, he, he it's like you know what's coming after. Yep. I didn't. So when he explained it to me, I'm like, Okay, if that's what it is, then right. that's not what we want for him. That's right. not what you want for your son. Right. At least I don't. Right. So they called it. So pretty much at that point, um, I told her that this was on me. And then I promised her right there at the hospital that it was my job for the rest of my life to figure out how to make her happy. It's my job man like as a man your your job like i said in my perspective is to provide that that security not only for your wife but now the happiness of my whole family is on my shoulders because if i could keep my shit together then nobody has the right to bring in their negativity and their bullshit into my house when I've got my shit together. I like how you put that though, because it's true. Because if not, you're gonna invite people, you know, if if to bring in their sorrow and right. stuff like that. And it's grieving is always gonna be difficult one way or the other. But I I always try to surpass the anger part. It's always gonna be there. I made it real easy for myself. I made it. It, it was. I got pissed off, probably for a few hours, and I was like, D -d "This is gonna get me nowhere. Like, I need to be happy. I need to be able to figure out how to continue serving not only my wife and my family, but the community itself. This is what I think I was intended to do here. And if I'm going to be a person that is here to serve the community and care for their well-being, I can't be depressed. So." I made it my mission to never go down the hole. And when these things happen, you and know, that was, the they, devil finds your ass real fast. The decision, that decision like was made at the hospital. When after we said our goodbyes, we held him. We had to stay there for a little while while they processed paperwork and did I don't know what. Um, so we were in a separate like room, like a waiting room by ourselves. And, you know. That's when he told me that, and and I lost my dad when I was 15 years old, and when that happened, he passed from a heart attack. Um, I went into a, like a very dark hole. I call it a dark hole because that's the best way I can explain it. And it was a dark hole of like seven years, just of crying every single night, being very angry, 
being angry with the whole world, with my mom, with everyone, even though people had nothing to do with it. And seven years later, after my dad passed, and I started, like, healing, you know, and I started seeing it kind of like from a rear view and knowing, damn, that was a really dark place that I was in. And so when this happened, fast forward to when we were in this waiting room with Dex, and he's telling me, you know, we're going to be okay, like, we're going to make it. You know, I'm going to do any everything I can to, like, so that we get past this. I told him, I was like, I don't want to go back to that dark hole. Right. You know, I was 15, but I'm in my 30s now. Like, I don't want to go back to that dark place. Like, now we have a two-year-old. We have a family. Like, we, I, I got out of that darkness. I don't want to go back there. So I don't know how I'm going to do it. And that's what I told him the day I said, I don't know how this is going to work. And I don't know how I'm going to make it through. But... I don't want to go back to that darkness. I don't want to go back to the anger, to the crying every single night for years on end. You know, I don't want that. We have to figure (coughs) out a a healthier way to heal. And so we left the hospital that night. This happened on our wedding anniversary. Oh, yeah. So uh, we we share a wedding anniversary with the anniversary. Yeah, talk about tough on top of tough on top of tough. It, it's a blessing in disguise. The next year, you kind of mind fuck yourself and you tell yourself, well, this isn't only about Dex dying on this day. This is the same exact day that we got married and we professed our loves so that we could be happy where we are right now. So, The irony, huh? Exactly, the irony, but I think God knows what he's doing. Um, if it wasn't that it was the same exact day, I think we would have 364 days a year instead of 365 because one day would just be useless. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's hard, but with the right mindset and mm-hmm. knowing that positivity is going to make you get out of this, <laughs> this is the only way, the only choice that I had for my family. And, and if, if I can interrupt you for a minute, I, mean, I know you said with the right mind frame positivity, and I agree with both. But I think more than than just being positive is is determination, because it's not all going to be positive. But you're determined. Well, it's a choice, and and that's what one of the main things that like I want to tell people. It's you know I I grieved my dad at 15, and I grieved my four month old son at 38 or whatever I was, and it's a choice. It's a choice when when you lose somebody that that you love so much, whether it's your parent, your child, your grandmother, whatever friend, you have a choice as to how you're gonna grieve. grieve. And you when you feel and 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 the way in to that dark path is asking why, why did this happen? <coughs> why 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 why? And you're never gonna get an answer. Right. And not getting an answer, then it turns into anger. And then it's, you know, it's like a vicious cycle and it's like hurt. And it's, but why? Why did it have to go this way? Why did it have to happen that way? Why did he have to go, period? You know what I mean? Any form of why leads to that. It's like slowly getting you into like that darkness. Can but I, can I ask you, you? Grab yourself and you notice, okay, I'm asking why, but th- there's got to be a different way to rewire that, right? And say, okay, I'm never going to get an answer why, but. Let, let me just not ask why. Even if you just stop yourself from asking why, it's almost like you get back to a safe place and then just 
you have to almost tell yourself, okay, I don't know why. I don't know. And I'm never going to know why. But ask how instead. How, how did, can I heal? How can I heal? Did you guys um, seek therapy of any sort? And if, and if so, because, you know, I, I mean, obviously you can always get help. And people will always say you should seek therapy, not just for this, but for almost for anything. But I feel like you're so strong-minded, and you, and you, and you know, you guys had each other's back, and you, you thought the right way. You know, you were somewhat prepared in some shape or form, and blah blah blah. And did did you feel like the therapy was that beneficial? Did you go that long for it, or did you quickly realize, you know what, we got this on our own? Thank you, and then moving on. I think my biggest therapy was going through <clears throat> the passing of my dad. Because I already knew what I did not want. Which is going back to that dark place. So I did go to therapy. Um, and we, honestly, yeah, I'm sorry. We went to therapy. and um, It wasn't a whole lot of therapy. It though. was a grieving counselor specifically that deals with, you know, people that are grieving. and But it was for a short time. And I think the way that when she when we told her, like, listen, you know, we've I've been through this. I don't want to go back to that darkness. And I, I just, you know, I she kind of told us I you guess okay? reinforced yeah, what right. we were already doing okay which okay. is like you know still try not to change try to be the same person for your for your child because at this point and he was like our biggest motivator right, right. he was two like right. what are we gonna tell him and then now to have to explain to him your little brother is no longer here you know but i knew that i didn't want to i wanted to be the same parent i didn't want to change mm -hmm. the person that i was and for my two-year-old I wanted to be the same mom, and he wanted to be the same dad, and even uh, and even better. So the way we took it, it was, okay, well, he passed. I don't know why. We don't know why, and we're never going to know why, but let's use this time, and let's use this experience to make us better parents, better spouses, better children, like better um, son and daughter, right. better friends, you know, to just make us better as a, in, in our business and we used it to make us better people and that I was I didn't know how how I was gonna do that but that was always the goal let's just use it use this t experience as horrible as it is to be better in general so I guess because we made that kind of like the overarching goal right and then heal healthy and become better so that we can make him proud and so that going through this is not in vain right Right, exactly. So, you know. I mean, just think about it. Once, once our kids grow up, when they find out the story of the loss that we had, and we were still be able to be great parents, provide them an awesome life, build a legacy, an empire of some sort, you make it easy for them to be like, "Okay, I gotta get my shit together." Mm -hmm. If my parents went, went through, through this, this, right? Like, and then even more so, moving forward. Since we were able to overcome this tragedy with the success that we have, we've told each other on many occasions, and I'm not trying the universe or anything like that, but it's like we can get over anything. That's right. Together, Hell yeah. we can get over anything. And this could easily have broken and destroyed us. Completely. Like the marriage. Exactly. The marriage. So many couples don't make it no. after, but there was no blame. We never blamed each other. I mean, granted, because the baby was also not in our household. Mm. You know, we never blamed the caretakers. Or we the left school. our kid in the same exact daycare for a year after this happened. But you got great because you believed him. You knew it well, wasn't that. 
we're all part of the healing process. Right. We're not the only ones. That oh, yeah, exactly. Those people, here. the nurses. They were the first ones <clears throat> the that had to deal with yeah. it. And those people are probably blaming themselves in some way or fashion. Right. I think that teacher never went. She quit. She quit. And she oh, never went back. shit. She never went back She's to. to Fuck. Yeah. I mean, you can understand, you know, to not want to ever experience that again. Especially if she felt like she could have done something different, you know. One little microscopic decision she yeah. thinks could have changed it and it fucks with her and and Bob that's Oden. when and that's mm-hmm. when you have to realize that the hardest person that is going to judge you is yourself mm-hmm. and sometimes people are really hard on themselves for no reason whatsoever and in the end i look and i've, I've tried to teach this to her um in the in the healing process is i deal with emergencies very very easily my thought process for an emergency, for any type of loss, for anything, it's real simple. It's two questions. I ask myself, am I special? Has anybody gone through the same exact thing that I've gone through? And the answer was yes. There's people that have babies that die every single day. There's multiple. There's probably a hundred babies, a couple hundred babies that die a day. From that demographic of people that have been in my same exact situation that I'm in right now, has anybody come out of that happy and successful and the answer is yes even if it's only one person right there i make the decision i'm part of that group right Right. there why because i'm human they're human and there's nothing that they can do that i can't do it's all about putting in the effort it's all about keeping your mind on i have to be happy and i have to overflow my happiness so that she would be able to have happiness as well And, And, and then as part of grieving you have to do whatever whatever your soul desires or whatever your heart desires right so and that looks different for each person mm-hmm. i can't there's no footprint as to oh you have to do this and then you do that no i always told myself and he even told me he's like hey listen whenever you want to cry just cry because i would try to like hold it in you know i was like i don't want to be weak i was always taught you know cuban household <coughs> you have to be strong right. you have to be strong you have to be strong and sometimes that meant not crying in front of people so when that happened, he already kind of knew that. So he told me, he's like, when you want to cry, just cry. And then the the counselor, the therapist said, you know, just make sure that you cry whenever you feel like it. Just cry. So I did. And it was it felt good to cry because then I would either like go to the bathroom or whatever, or I would cry with him. Just cry. Let it out. Let out that hard cry. And then a few minutes later, you feel a sense of like, like relief right so that's another thing you know just don't ask why cry when you need to cry allow for that reset to happen and then keep going and then the first few days you're gonna cry every hour or maybe you don't stop crying then a few weeks later maybe you cry once a day and then after that maybe you cry every other day and then it'll slowly it'll take the natural process and slowly it'll like diminish, you know, and the pain is always going to be there. And the grieving process is forever. It's a lifetime, but you, I made it a point to get to a point where I can remember him with happiness. Cause at first I would think of him and I would cry and I was like, I don't want to associate the two together. The two yeah, together. Like right. we had four months with him. He has a very healthy baby. He was, he would laugh. He was sweet, you know, like, so I don't I don't want to associate the two. So I always said I want to remember him with happiness, and I I want to get to a point where I can think of him and smile. So this is 
this happened three years ago, December 3rd, three years ago, that he passed. And, you know, at first you don't feel that happiness ever. Like that happiness, you're like, I'm never going to be happy again. And that's kind of, and that's true. You, you do feel that for a long time. But you also have to allow for that happiness to like seep in, you know. And we, I, I, I guess I had it with my with our two year old because he's you know he's two now he's funny he's talking whatever, so he told me something at the time that he said you know just if you how was it that you said it you said something like allow like allow your it's okay to be happy you know it's okay to laugh you're gonna want to laugh sometimes, and it's okay like laugh. Even if it's for a minute and then you right. go back to crying, but just let that laughter come up and and just enjoy it for as as little of a time as it is, and eventually that that that, that starts to come come out. a lot more right. It, it's crazy how um you know I, I don't know if it's uh, self inflicted, if it's influenced you know by public you know p- people the norm family whoever, but you feel this this guilt of I'm not allowed to have fun just yet. I'm not allowed to be. How can how can I so be happy? I just lost my kid, and then you you start mind fucking yourself into like, but when am I allowed? Am I ever allowed to be happy again? Of course I'm allowed, but when? When is that time frame? When well, is it okay to? Three days after he passed, it's it was when our son Davin was turning two. Right. And if you see the pictures, we're smiling in pictures. We posted. I posted those pictures on Instagram. Why wouldn't I? Oh, my we son still had his birthday two. party. We still we, had. We the did birthday a little party. something at the house, but there was someone that made a comment, like implying that, oh, how could she be smiling? She just lost her son. Right. And it's like, but I still have another one here. Exactly. How is that his fault? You know, I can go back and cry in the bathroom or the room, whatever. But in front of him, I'm not going to be broken down for weeks on end what am i showing him yeah and you're actually happy it wasn't a lie so you still have to celebrate his two years of life which the other one is never gonna see right so it's crazy those type of fucking people so it's not even that i mean it's difficult so look at it this way it's 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 the most ironic thing ever people will want and people will pray for you to be happy right after a tragedy but then if they see you happy right after a tragedy, they're going to be like... They might question it. They not only question it, but they're going to judge you. And it's like... But I don't, I don't think that's the majority of people either. I think that's just some people. But even worse than that, we judge ourselves even harder. Because those are the people that take forever to find that happiness again. Because they think that they owe sadness to whatever it is that they lost. And most people... Ask anybody. Hey, when I when you die, what do you want us to do? People are like, throw a party. I want you guys to be happy. I want you to celebrate my life, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody dies and it ends up being the whole opposite. Mm-hmm. It's people that are depressed, people crying. And that's not what that person wanted. Right. So if you think about it, when it comes to a loss, people that end up in depression and stuff like that, they have to be more selfish for their own happiness because it is going to be accepted. By yourself first. Mm. You have to know that it's okay for you to be happy and that other people want you to be be happy as well and be selfish about your happiness. Nobody's going to make you happy if you don't make yourself happy. And then how are you honoring the person that that passed if 
they're sad. I mean, I I I know everybody's belief is different, but I believe people go to heaven or some form of whatever heaven is, right? Another dimension, whatever it is. But yeah. I feel like they're still somehow connected I spiritually right. to the world that we live in, right? Name it heaven, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Give it whatever name. So I feel like they still see us. And if we're sad all the time, then how are they supposed to transcend into whatever or whatever other dimension or, or heaven or whatever? Like, how are they supposed to leave knowing that the person they love so much is now destroyed? Right. So I always thought of that. I was like, I don't know where, I don't know if he's in heaven or I don't know where he is, but I, 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 I always felt, especially more in the beginning than now, I felt something that i can't explain like well i, I believe yeah. he's, he's in you he's in both of you guys you but know I physically felt something <clears throat> a couple, like the day uh, two days later i was in he was he had taken our son outside to play a little bit because you know he had been home for so many days now and i was in my i remember that was the first day that i was there was nobody in the house friends everybody had you know there was no one there i was by myself it was just the two of us and our son maybe it was a week later i don't know and I'm in my room, and I was like, I just felt the heaviness of the quiet. Because up until this point, there was always someone there in the house. And I felt the heaviness of like, oh, man, this is because it's real. This is it's real. Like, this is not a dream. I'm not dreaming. Like, And then I started, I just started talking to him. I was like, Dex, how, how am I going to make it? Like, how am, I, how am I supposed to make it? You know? How am I never going to see you again? I thought was, you were just inside me four months ago. And I just started talking to him and to God. And I was like, you know, give, please, like, give me strength. Like, And right in that moment, I felt this, like, warmth, like, on my chest. And I just, I mean, I was crying. And I just kind of stopped because it freaked me out a little bit. But I was like... It, it was so real that it threw off yeah. the emotions that you yeah. were feeling right there. I just I stopped and I was like, I kind of looked down. I was like, what's going? On? What is happening right now? Wow! And I felt peace right in that moment. Like I felt the warmth, and then I felt peace, and then it's like I just stopped crying cold turkey. I was like, maybe because I I kind of like sta- snapped me out of it. I don't know, but I just felt like this peace, almost like the sense of like everything's gonna be okay. And I was like all right sure and then you know and then in that moment i was like okay maybe he is here maybe it's god maybe it was him maybe i, I don't spare it i don't know but it was just here it wasn't in, in the rest of my body it was actually cold but here it felt warm and i was like yo well if it's like that then i want you to see me healing I want you to see a a healing process. I don't want you to just see me destroyed and I'm not going to, and I'm not. And that's why I'm saying it's a a decision and it's a determination of I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it through this one way or another. I don't know how, but we're going to make it. Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to have more focus? Are you looking to boost your immune system? Or are you an athlete that is in pain and needs to recover to continue to crush your goals? Well, here at Flueless Mobile Wellness, we can help you out with every single one of those through the use of our vitamin infusions. Our preventative health services are as easy as calling us up and we show up. Here at Flueless Mobile Wellness, your home is our office.
stay healthy with Flulis. So, some time ends up passing by. The grieving process is definitely on its way. We're doing so much better and stuff like that. And then July 14th, um, I remember the day clearly, July 14th, which is three days before Dex's birthday. Um, that whole week, I'm trying to figure out. 2021 right? Huh? 2021? 2021, yeah. So, that whole week... Um, I'm thinking, how am I supposed to keep this woman happy when we would have been setting up a one-year-old birthday and anybody that has kids, birthday number one is the biggest one. Right. There's nothing bigger than that. It's the first birthday is huge. So I'm thinking we would have been setting up for a birthday right now. I know she has to be thinking about this. And I'm like, how am I supposed to keep this woman happy? Well, COVID is full blown at this point. Um, I'm already out of the hospital. We're already offering COVID testing in people's houses around the around the city, um, and our focus is now on taking care of as many people as we possibly can, keeping them healthy, keeping them happy, um, in the comfort of their own home. So she ends up getting sick. I test her for COVID at home. She ends up being negative. I send her to the urgent care, and I'm like, I hey, felt listen. horrible. She felt bad. So I ended up sending her to the urgent care. I told her, listen, ask them for a chest X-ray, and let me know what they said. If it ends up being, if it's, if, if it's like you have pneumonia, we'll get the medication and we'll take care of you at the house. Don't worry about it. So I send her off to the urgent care and she ends up coming back home 15 minutes later. And I'm like, why are you back? <laughs> and she's like, I was like, are they closed? What's going on? Like, what's going on? And she's like, no, no, they're open. And I was like, all right, so what happened with the chest x-ray? Is it clear? Do you have pneumonia? She's like, well, they couldn't do it. I was like, what do you mean? Like the x-ray machine's broken or something? And she's <laughs> like, no, no. And she passes me a positive pregnancy test. So she was pregnant with our baby girl, Dalen. Um, and that was probably the icing on the cake of we're really going to be okay. Right. So what would have been something detrimental two days later, it was like, a, hey, you're going to be all right. Right. Like even though the day sucks that we couldn't celebrate his first birthday, mm -hmm. I mean, you just found out you're pregnant with another baby. Like, mm -hmm. Where are you gonna put your mind at? <laughs> like, you want to go to the dark side once again, or do you right. want to? Do you want to just this ball? This ball of light is right here for you. Exactly. Yeah. Just devour yeah. the happiness, the right. blessing that you've just been given. Mm -hmm. But you have to notice and like pay attention to those little signs, right? Mm -hmm. And it's so easily like it could be so easily like dismissed right or not exactly pay attention to. Yep. but if you pay attention little things could happen that you're like oh okay i don't know i see what's happening here you want to give me a little sign you yeah. want me to be sad you know so it's it was such a happy day and that's awesome so it made we celebrated you know his short life like we just mm. did a little something we put flowers uh, i think in the ocean and just something nice to like just a, a little bit of a celebration you know more for us obviously but it was still a happy day instead of a so so such a sad day. But well, that was obviously, congrats on the new baby. You just showed me a <clears throat> little video footage um, in between the camera rolling. So she she's what? Well, so she's one right now. She's, she's about to be one and a half. One and a half. She's one and a half right now. Um, little ball of light, super happy baby. Everything that you'd want out of. And I mean, I I 
I'll be honest, I never wanted a girl. I was like, girls are gonna be a disaster, especially with, especially with, you know exactly, you know exactly what just happened. Of course, you know right away. The second after the like, shit that we lived and saw and witnessed, you're like, oh god, a lot, and did, oh, sorry, allegedly. Mm, allegedly, allegedly, Please there was the no cell phone. Cameras, that's, right. that's right, baby. <laughs> but yeah, I get it. So you know, you, you don't want a female because you you know what they go through and all that stuff, and the men that are out there. And then every single dad that has a girl says this same exact thing that like i if i knew what it was to have a daughter before i had a daughter i would only want girls uh -huh. she is everything oh, she it. is delicious <laughs> she gets away with everything it's bad man it's bad no, but that um, was definitely the the turning the, point, the turning oh, point. A, good, a good strong oh, turning point yeah. and and we still have especially you know we still have very sad days especially on like days that are you know anniversaries mm. birthdays even through like the holidays you know you tend to think of your loved ones that are no longer here mm. and that's okay exactly holidays. it's okay and yes that's okay. and that's why i thought it was such a perfect timing for us to do this podcast with you because it's you know i know there's people out there that through these holidays lost a loved yes. one. and when after my dad passed i know the holidays were especially hard um because my dad had passed and then so i just I, I hope somebody sees this just in time or maybe they can send it to somebody that they know and just to let them know that it's hard, yes. Cry. Let out that feeling. Do something special, light a candle, whatever makes you feel a little yes. bit better towards that person. Talk to them. Maybe they hear it, maybe they don't, but maybe it makes you feel better just to think that they're listening from another I, I, place, I swear to you, know? piggybacking that comment right there and obviously nowhere comparable to losing your, your kid, but the... Uh, my dad, my nephew, and two close friends of mine. I randomly just have quick conversations with them. It just pops up out of nowhere. I just think about them like, oh, yeah, I remember when Alex is in there. Oh, I remember D'Angelo. And then right away, hey, man, I hope you're doing great. I hope you're out there. I hope you can hear me. I love you. I miss you. You know, whatever. Da, da, da. Remember this? Remember that? This and that. Anyhow, um, you're always with me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, just a quick little whatever yeah. just naturally comes about. And I feel like because of that, they're always going to live on in me, through me, and then through others who do it. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with you on, on doing that. And and just to, again, to um, thank you for sharing, you know, the stories like that. Because you're right. You know, this is a time where people can really, you know, go spiral down and and, and go through rough times because of the, the holidays and stuff like that. And, and it's good to hear stories like this, even though they're, they're tragic we're seeing the, the the light that came from this, and and the strength the strength between you guys, and 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 how again what, why I would wanted you to be on the podcast with you, um, when two people can do this together, you know, when you can have somebody's back, and it doesn't have to be just a couple. It could be friends, it could be family, it could be brothers, it can be your know, parents. Um, but it but it's amazing. It's amazing to to see that, and I, and I and I think that it shows a lot of um, it encourages people out there who are going through their own struggles. There, there's a way out. It can, it can remind people out there. Am I being the best husband? Am I being the best son? Am I being the best, you know, parent? Maybe I can do better to help this person. Hearing this podcast, hearing you guys' story, you know, and and now you guys, I mean, I mean, flueless. Let's, you know, let's talk about that. Like, kicking ass, you're doing great. You know, look, look what's coming about. You made it through COVID. I'm sure you banked pretty good during COVID. I think so. We were able right. to take. Care Did of I? Right. <laughs> no, it's, we it's not so much about that. It's just more about people were able to help and we feel like especially him he's all about he's always been about helping, helping people. people and so we want to make our son proud 
the kids we have here and the one we have in heaven and we use that as a motivation to be able to reach more people i guess we kind of feel like if if we can help more people with their health it's almost like more good is going to come to us you know what i mean so give give people out there because you fucking gave me a sales pitch speech out of this world i thought grant cardone was about to sell an iv to me <laughs> But that's how good you've gotten at it from studying Grant Cardone, but you've also, you've been in the medical industry for so long, you know all your shit, you know what vitamin does well, you just, I know you got a lot of packages, a lot of different fluid combinations and whatnot, but what, 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 what is it that, that Flueless is about and how does it help people out or whatnot? So, Flueless is, is the optimal state of health. This, we, we started a business to be able to take people's health, not to where they're going to feel normal, but above and beyond that. So I think so many people have just accepted that they're going to have no energy or they're going to wake up and they're going to be tired or 3.30, 4 o'clock, they're not going to be able to focus or they're overweight and that's it. There's nothing they can do about it. So we started a company. It started off as just immunizations and it has turned into a business that is just caring about the well-being of people and being proactive. So every prevent we offer preventative health services in the convenience of people's homes so we'll start with sick people definitely we've got us all kinds of sick people these days and a lot of people have lost they've lost trust in the hospital system yes i mean if you have a real emergency go go if there's a bone sticking out if there's a lot of blood if you have chest pain if you have a horrible headache go but there are other alternatives that people would be able to take care of you at home. There's companies out there that will put themselves in your living room and bring everything that a hospital can give you and take care of you and make you feel incredible. And that's what we pride ourselves in doing. So we've got vitamin infusions to take care of sick patients. We've taken care of over 3,500 COVID positive patients in the last three years. Every one of them has been perfectly fine. We haven't, we've had two losses. They had definitely had an extensive medical history, but everybody else that we took care of, they're thriving. Um, we've been able to bless people and keep their family members around, um, especially in a time of need when people didn't have anywhere to go to. So we built a business where our community could rely on us if they feel bad, where we can take care of them in the most comfortable place in the world, which is your home. We really do think that healing starts in a place of comfort. Um, I don't know if you've been to a hospital before, but you're gonna be two hours, three hours in a waiting room if it's a good day. Once they get you inside there, it's gonna be very fast. They're gonna ask you three questions. They're gonna ask you for some blood. They're gonna send that out. It's gonna take forever. If you're lucky, they give you pain medication. They might view you as a drug seeker depending on how bad your pain is what type of show that you put on and there's not really much care um at least that's how i felt very impersonal yeah when i left it was okay there's algorithms if you've got this and this this is what we're sending you home with and that's it and get out of here and it's like dude what about real care what about asking where this all started from Uh. what about trying to offer anything but medications now people are always going to have to take medications but if we can help them out with alternative ways of getting rid of their pain um energizing their body helping them lose weight all of these things could be achieved through the use of vitamins why not and it's and it's interesting when he explains it because every 
everything that we put in the IV bags has a direct correlation to, has a direct effect on what is going on in your body. So we can get rid of inflammation, we can boost up immune system, we can help your body oxygenate more so you can be able to fall asleep deeper. Once you're falling asleep deeper, you'll be able to wake up with more energy. The more energy and the better sleep you get, the more you focus. All of these things end up helping you have a better mood. And then once you have a better mood and you have more focus and you have more energy, well, then you can start doing different things to better your life. Right. But a decision has to be made. Whether it's you're going to take a handful of vitamins by mouth or you're going to end up doing this through an IV infusion, put the stuff in your body that's going to optimize you so you would be the person that you're built to be. You're supposed to thrive. You're not supposed to just live. So that's what we want for our patients. That's what we want for our friends, our families. We want you to live the best life that you possibly can in the healthiest possible way. If, if um, you guys see a... They're all the same cars, right? Yeah. Uh, so if you see a little black hatchback with, with a green or a pink virus on top of it, yeah, the, the you know the virus looking you know ball with little like uh, antennas coming out of everywhere, and you're gonna clearly see flu-less. You know that's 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 Danny's uh, little buggies going around doing work, putting in work. Um, I love it, bro. I love the name. I love the logo. I love how it, it looks. <clears throat> I I. I'm a strong, strong believer in everything you just said in regards to living healthy and being energized all day and how that helps you just be a healthier person in general, be a better husband, coworker, lover, everything. Athlete. 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 Oh, it just yeah. everything, everything, everything. And I'm I'm all about that, uh, day in and day out. Um and and I can't tell you how happy I am to see you in, in these shoes, you know, being that we have the past that we have and, and it's been so long since then and here you are and I'm even more happier to see you guys striving after, you know, such an unfortunate incident. But I think it's just, you're sending out such a great message in regards to, you know, being strong, bonding, working through determination, making that choice, you know, to, to accept things for what they are and, and moving forward with it. And, you know, you said to yourself, you, you choose, one chooses how to grieve. Um, and you guys chose this way. And I think a lot of it had to do because, and I'm not taking anything away from you, but it was because of that, crazy life preparation that you had from being in your career and, and, you know, approaching things that way, you know, people tend to not want to think about the type of, the amount of shit that can happen out there on a daily basis. I'm someone who tries to foresee it all just so I'm a little bit ready in case it happens. I've already, I know this sounds horrible. I've already imagined everybody in my family dying in several different ways from, from what they do. My older brother's always driving here. He's going to die in a car accident one day. My brother, my younger brother goes spearfishing all the time. He does it by himself. One day he's not coming home. And I just get myself ready. What do I got to do as a brother, as a man, as you know? Life favors the prepared. I yes. But that doesn't work for everyone. No, I you're can, right. I can't do that. If I do that, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> no, listen. You know how many times I try to think about my mom dying just so I can be ready for it? And oh she's so God. healthy. The minute I start about that, whoop, 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 I get teary. I quick as hell. I can't. But thank goodness she's healthy as fuck and I don't got to. But I've done it many times. I'll do it more when she's be a heat and barely walking around. Then I'll be like, all right, now I got to fucking start getting ready, ready. But yeah, it, it, it's difficult. It doesn't work for everybody. But nonetheless, you, your story, Danny, Fabiana, I, I can't tell you how much I, I really appreciate. I, I feel honored. I feel very honored because that's. A, that's the toughest story I've heard on my podcast, and I've never shed tears like that, like I did on a podcast. I told you about the soldier that one time who shared his story. That was a tough one, but nowhere near as this tough. I don't know why. I guess because they're soldiers, you know, soldiers die in war. It's a little bit easier for me to take it and to hear his story and blah, blah, blah. Not 
this uh, this not putting it down like it's not as important, but you know, this is different. You know, it's a kid, it's family, it's, it's you know, you're a couple and everything else, parents. But um, I, I think that so much good comes from this podcast and you guys opening up, and, and I, I hope it does both of you some type of justice moving forward that you were able to open up like this for, for the first time on this level, you know, on, with this platform. And um, I hope that people listening, you know, can uh, reach out to you guys for whatever it is, you know, some strength, maybe some thank yous, some, hey, appreciate you telling your story, but definitely would love for them to reach out for you and your business, help support your business. Um, before we go, man, let's let's tell them that. So how can they find you on any any outlet, any uh, platform? What, what do they look so we're on I mean, your trademark. So, you yeah, know, we, we know we, what we got to look up. <laughs> we are definitely branded. Yeah. Um, so you can reach out to us. Well, first of all, we put out a lot of information, a lot of real fun stuff on Instagram. Um, our Instagram handle is underscore flueless underscore. So if you just type in flueless, F-L-U-L-E-S-S, they'll be able to find it. It's a black circle with like, letters on it. It looks just like that. Okay. Um, they can reach out through us to their send us a DM, whatever it is. Listen, if, if they want to see a list of all our services, it's on the website, which is um, www.iamflulas.com. And all the services are there. If they have any questions, they can always reach out through like Instagram or um, through text. Yeah, or through call. text. I mean, we have a phone number, 833-FLULAS, one way or the other. Reach out to us. I mean, and this is not always about business. I mean, we have people that have called us that we've made the decision that, hey, maybe you don't need this, but what you just need to do is just talk to somebody. And that's fine too. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have no problem opening up our hearts to our community, whether we can help you through depression, we can help you feel better, make you lose weight, whatever it is, help you focus, help you achieve your goals. Count on us, man. Count on us because we've been put in this situation where we have to give back so that we can feel good, so that we can feel like our life is worth something after what it is that we've gone through. We've been given a second chance, man. So if, if somebody... And, and, I, I'm, and not only for to help sick people, but also people on a preventive side. We've been able to get, what, three people now out of... Depression. Depression. So and we have I, a pretty fair understanding of how the brain works and... We can put the right vitamins into your body to make your body create more serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine, which are the happy moods. We, we can do that. Um, it's just a matter of do you really want to find an alternative route to you being happy and healthy? And pills aren't always the right way. If somebody wanted to, I'm just thinking personally because mothers, mothers are very, you know, uh, different. Mother's a mother. You can never be a mother. We spoke about that when you first told me your story. Um, if, a, if a mother wanted to reach out to you for whatever reason, you know, seeking help, seeking some advice or whatever it is, could, do you have your own personal um, IG? Or yeah. It, and is that something it, you want to... Uh, it's splattered all over Flueless. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. Okay. <laughs> but my personal one is Fabiana underscore Flueless. Okay. And if all they right. have any questions or, you know, even if it's just a little feedback, it's also great because, you know, when you share such a tough story, right? there's always like that little question mark in your head of what, what's going to be the reaction did it help right exactly did it help it you did know? trust me it did. and i hope it does because that's really the only reason i would ever even consider like sharing this you know and i if if it helped let me know if there's any questions or if somebody has questions like hey you know i i, I don't know what to do or this is my story by all right. means like reach if, out if you have a friend that you don't know how to speak to let them know that we'll be happy to reach out to them too. I right. mean, this isn't only, it, 
if you know someone that needs something that we have to offer, call us up. We'll make the connection with that person and we'll make the best of the relationship. Yeah, even if it's just advice, you know. Yeah. It, I could only speak on like our and my experience, but I've, I've noticed that talking to friends that have lost a loved one, just even talking to them about my experience has helped them in their grieving process. Even though it was not a child that they lost, right. it was maybe like a, when it was a brother and the other one was a, actually it was their two-year-old son that passed. So, you know, that's my way of giving back and hopefully God sends good things our way because of that. So. I, I Again, guys, thank you so much. I, I'm honored. I appreciate it. Um, I, I can't do nothing but wish you guys the best. I know I know it's all coming. You got those beautiful babies and you have, you know, your kid is with you forever. I know I know he is. And, uh, and you got these other two knuckleheads to deal with right now and in a great business that I know is continuously striving and I appreciate you guys. And for those of you guys listening, you know, feel free to reach out to them. Flewless underscore flewless. Um, and you can reach Fabiana. Same thing, Fabiana underscore flewless. Somehow you'll find them all up in the mesh. And guys, don't forget, shop the apparel. Black Sheep Apparel Shop. Dot shop, sorry. Black Sheep Apparel dot shop. Got all the new gear. You see this new Mike Tyson shit that I'm rocking. Mike Tyson is without a doubt one of the most original Black Sheeps ever. Go show your support over there. Get yourself some gear. There's all kind of stuff over there. We got winter coming in. I got a lot of sweaters and hoodies and the things like that. Appreciate you guys for all the love and support. Have a great day. Catch you guys on the next one. Peace.